Welcome to The Elastic Brand, I'm Liz Alcote. Once again, today's show is kindly sponsored by With Jack. With Jack exists to help keep you in business by supporting you financially or legally if you have a problem with a client. With Jack is all about people like us, the designers, developers, illustrators and all-round web pros that haven't been given the insurance answer they deserve in the past. Here's a situation that With Jack recently helped out with. A designer was accused of copyright infringement for using an image without the correct license. Their professional indemnity insurance provided legal experts to negotiate with the license holder how much the settlement should be and the cost of the legal fees and settlement was covered under the policy. They make it really straightforward by championing one policy for one group of professionals with zero cancellation fees and monthly plans you have complete control over your insurance. Visit withjack.co.uk and be a confident freelancer. On today's show, I have the hugely talented Lizzie Benton. Lizzie is a culture consultant and founder of Liberty Mind, and through Liberty Mind, Lizzie works with SMEs to improve their company culture. I've been following the work Lizzie does for a while now, and she is truly changing cultures within the organisations she works with. She also runs Self, a self-development community. Self holds regular meetups where attendees can come together to discuss personal development and mental health and generally make some new friends. Welcome to the show, Lizzie. Now, on the show, we're going to discuss the relationship between company culture and brand. But before we begin, can you please tell us a little bit about your background and the work you do as a culture consultant with your company, Liberty Mind? Yes, absolutely. Well, thanks, Liz, for having me on the show. Um, So my experience starts way back um, when I was head of operations uh, for a company. And I saw the success of how a company culture can really not only help people, but also help the business. And after seeing that, I was like, right, I want to do more of this because it makes such an impact And as well, I think we've all probably been there where we've had really good experiences of company culture and really bad experiences of company culture. Um, So I think it's one of those things, and maybe it's a bit fluffy, but um, maybe it's the hippie side of me coming out. um, But I just think, you know, work is somewhere where we spend so much of our lives and surely it should be a good place where we can grow and thrive and enjoy it. Um, So I suppose... The whole um, mission of Liberty Mind and what I do now is to try and make work a good place for everyone and as at the same time helping those businesses create a culture that is adaptable to all the changes that go on. It's a relatively new concept, isn't it, what you do, really? I mean, I don't, or maybe not, but I haven't come across many people who do what you do. Um, I think it's becoming more apparent that company culture makes such a difference to the overall performance of a company definitely it's definitely something that's growing um it's Mm. it's not kind of a brand brand new concept um Mm. if you look back in history for example I think one of the earliest adopters of company culture with the likes of Cadbury's for example they were really um hot on kind of um employee well-being and offering their um employees you know good benefits that they were healthy Mm. and Um, you know loyal to the company so it goes back so far but we've kind of gone through a bit of an evolution with businesses and you know through the 80s and 90s it was all very control and commanding of people Um, and you still get those really outdated 
over hierarchical companies where it's quite stifling um, you know you have to put on that professionalism mask you can't you know um, bring yourself you, you know your authentic self into the workplace you have to kind of you know um, be quite hidden about who you really are and just come in and do the job um, so there are still organizations that are like that but I think we're start I think we're starting to increase our own consciousness of actually well, you know, I want to work somewhere that makes me feel good um, because, you know, work impacts our health. You know, if we're stressed or unhappy and we don't have good relationships, it all impacts our health. Mm. So essentially, it's kind of one of those things that I think businesses are really starting to wake up on of that. Oh, actually, yes, we don't just need to focus on everyone hitting their targets. We also need to focus on making sure everybody's well in this place it's so beneficial for the company isn't it it's not hugely. just for the employees yeah absolutely I mean the the business growth that can happen is incredible because when people are happy they they work much more efficiently much more productively so then you know the business productivity increases plus you haven't got every you know people taking off lots of sick leave which is also costly to a business so there's so many different angles in regards to the the benefits to the business as well yeah, absolutely. Um, it seems that a lot of companies kind of feel they're ticking their, you know, the good company culture box. Um, you know, particularly if you read sort of job, um, advertisements and stuff like generous salaries and benefits, sort of lots of time off and team building exercises. But that, what does a good company culture really look like from your point of view? That is a very good question. <laughs> a good company culture to me is some a, com- a company that is really living and breathing their mission and their purpose in life. And I think it becomes apparent when things are kind of almost like an add-on, you know, like you say, when there's like a beanbag or a ping pong table that no one ever uses or yeah. whatever the, that quirky addition that actually just looks good, you know, for Instagram is yeah. no, it, it, it has no... Um, reason to really be there um, to me good company culture is is an organization that is living and breathing their mission and their purpose through all of their actions and I think there's so many you know ways that 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 gets lost um, you know because of the likes of um, you know tech big tech companies like google and facebook people just think oh it's because you need to have like quirky slides in the office mm. or something and it's really not <laughs> no and I think we I mean I've definitely worked in places where it's like we've got a games room um but we're not going to give you any time ever to go in there but (laughs) we've got a games room and we've got that on the advert so you know when we we go and do team building which none of you want to do (laughs) and actually quite anxiety making but you know we're ticking that box then Definitely. I mean, I, I know I've, I've worked with one company that suggested as part of their well-being, oh, let's let's do some yoga maybe. And I was like, you, the majority of your team are introverts and now you want the <laughs> downward dog in front of each other. I don't think that's going to work, guys. And it was just like, you know, it, it, it's really fascinating when people really don't think about the, the people. It's like, let's just do this no 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 we've got to think about why and and if people really are going to find value in that that's such a good point that's so interesting isn't it and also sort of catering to your individual needs of of your employees I mean I um have seen job interview job advertisements where it's like um you will be expected to 
you know do public speaking and you'll be expected to do presentations and stuff and it's for a role that that isn't necessary in but it's like this is your personal development we'll give you speed speaking and it's like that I think for some people would be off-putting Yes, because a lot of people, their biggest phobia in life ever would be having to stand up and speak in front of people. I just think like forcing people, that's a very specific example, but forcing people to do things that are completely against their personality or out of their comfort zone. um, Like all it does is just make them stressed. I don't think it helps grow them as an employee or anything. I mean, I've, I've been forced on like days where, you know, like team building days, I've had to do really, really uncomfortable things that have not benefited any me in any way and just made me have terrible anxiety <laughs> that's all I can remember oh from those kind gosh. of things yeah I think like oh yeah I think that's such it a great is. point you it's made. it's one of those things where um companies really don't think about it and they sometimes have this like um I know best attitude but but who on earth are they to tell someone else what their growth should be or what their growth mm-hmm. should look like um mm-hmm. you know yes it has to be a conversation with the organization but too many times we try and um, push people into senior roles or leadership roles when they're just highly skilled at what they do that doesn't mean they're a good leader um absolutely a completely different set of skills yeah yeah. um but a lot of organizations are are still set up in that way where you know that the only growth they uh, as they understand as growth is growing towards leadership which, which isn't necessarily right for everybody because that's probably what the stakeholders themselves, that's what it looks like for them, um, for the stakeholders or founder or whatever. But that isn't, that's not looking at the individual, is it? It's looking Absolutely. at their own personal kind of beliefs and what they're comfortable with. Um, so I think company culture influences customer perception more than ever these days, Um I think, you know, we we hear about how maybe a horror story, how someone's been treated in some of these big organizations or um, how, um, yeah, someone's left and they've maybe been a whistleblower on it. Um, Do you think organizations are really beginning to understand this now and realize that it's not just like good for the employee and good for them? It's good for, you know, it's, it's how their customers perceive them as well. Absolutely. There's a big, I mean, the, the big word around it is employer branding. And it's kind of is, is kind of one of those things of how are you perceived by externally, um, Mm. by people, and it's, it is becoming a huge area, because, you know, with the likes of places like Glassdoor, where you can read reviews about what company cultures are like. And a lot of the time I do say to people, take these with a pinch of salt, because a lot of the time Mm. it is truly disgruntled people that have made Mm. that much of an effort to go onto a website to leave a review. Um, But, you know, it is becoming incredibly highlighted and and people aren't scared about going to the media anymore about these stories. Um, They aren't scared about, you know, telling the truth on things. And I think brands have got to, I mean, they are waking up to it, but I think even more so businesses need to realize that their reputation is also on the line when it comes to their employees. Yeah. And sort of leading into that, what do you think a good company culture means for a company's brand? I mean, obviously it's kind of what we've touched on. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of such a big part of it now. What, do, what does that mean for a, for a brand? I think it means so much because without, you know, the the culture and a good purpose and a mission, you can't develop a really relatable brand. You know, you're not only um, when you're sort of creating this mission and this purpose, it's not just 
um, for your people. It's also for the for your customers because, um, you know, you have to be relatable to the people that are going to buy from you. And, you know, it's very important when we sort of look at that, those values and that mission of, well, not only is that going to be relevant and help your your people and your business, but it's also going to make your customers aware of who you are as as a business. You know, do they want to work with you? Because, you know, we want yeah. to al- align ourselves not only with, you know, people, but brands that we buy into we they almost say something about us you know the brands that we buy um you know and so that culture has to encompass very much also how the customer is going to perceive you and that has to be used in in the branding Mm. and we want we choose companies that reflect our own values um so if I guess if we see a company that's you know, not treating its its employees well, then it's walking away. You tend to walk away, don't you? Oh, it definitely colours how you feel about them. Definitely. And it's even the small scale because people talk. I think this is what see, people don't seem to realise. It's not just the amplification of social media now. Um, it's also the fact that people will talk to other people. Um, and I mean, even on a, on a local scale where I live, there's loads of coffee shops in this area. I mean, I think we have enough coffee shops for everybody. But one of the things that really makes me laugh is because it's a small town, everybody talks. It's that old fashioned of everybody talks about everything. And, you know, if anyone, um, you know, has a bad customer service experience in a local restaurant or coffee shop, wow, do you know about it quickly? Um, and it really it could be make or break in that kind of scenario hugely, absolutely and and it's it's lucky sometimes that you know some people I suppose don't really care too much about what what they're buying or what they're doing but a lot of us are starting to become very conscious of the type of products we're consuming how we're consuming the products and we're becoming incredibly self-aware and businesses kind of need to realize that yeah absolutely um I interviewed um max atinian from um rag uh, jack ragged edge um branding agency who and they and he had they had designed the um branding for bulb so they were on board right from the beginning and bulb you know the energy company I and um them. yeah they're, they're amazing and they've got such a strong brand such strong values um and they and he was saying that they were really really passionate about getting the company culture right right from the start which I was just so excited about when he said that it's so refreshing and so new it's such a part of their um brand values right from the start but in a very natural way not in a oh we must tick this box kind of thing it was a let we want it to be a great place to work um so um do you think establishing company culture kind of immediately after the big idea is is a good place to start do you think it's that kind of early on that you really need to be thinking about what do we want this company actually to be like you know even when you're even if you're starting out and there's one or two of you but with the potential for growth and it's in your plan does that be need to be something you establish right from the start absolutely I definitely think so and there's a few reasons why as well um, funnily enough, I was talking to a gentleman about this at an event I did the other day in Cambridge um, because he's a startup and he's like, "Do I when when do I start all this and mm. how do I how do I start doing yeah. all of this?" and and I said, "The reason you want to work on your company culture as as early as possible is for a number of reasons because 
essentially it will help you to identify your branding help to identify Mm -hmm. where on the market you're going to sit and whether your brand especially is going to be relatable to your customers because you know Mm -hmm. the mission and the the values are really going to speak to people it's also going to speak to those people who you eventually hire because we see ourselves in what we read or what we look at so when someone's reading a website or a careers page they're going to instantly know whether that's the company to work for or actually Mm -hmm. oh it says hard work in there that that sounds like hard work so I'm not going to you know it really helps to straight away almost take out those people who are definitely not going to be able to have the right mindset for your business so it really helps in regards to that recruitment and onboarding process straight away so as soon as you want to start growing and adding people you know that they're gonna have this that believe in the same values that you do Wow. wow that's such a great bit of advice um, are there are there particular processes, um, other processes that startups can put in place right from the word go, um, like as in specific kind of exercises they can do, you know, like similar to that one kind of establishing sort of people you don't, you know, who aren't aligned with the other other things they can do um, with regards to that? Definitely. It's looking at every every kind of process because it's even small things um, like the way you speak to customers or the way you package an order or mm. the way you, um, you know, do your marketing. Even all yeah. of those operations, like I always say to people, try and map those out on a big whiteboard or on some sticky notes and map out the process step by step. Mm. And what makes it different? How do you live those values in that process? So, you know, you, you say you're creative or something. Well, how can your customer service team be creative when they're, you know, helping your customers? Like, are they problem solvers? Are you trying to encourage them so that they don't have to go to a manager about a problem? Do you want to empower them to be the creative problem solvers so that they can keep customers happy or whatever it is? It's it's really ensuring that at all those stages, you're actually living those values and encouraging people to live those values. That's such a great point. Yeah, I love that. Um, I also, I also make sure that something I do, and I think if I was, you know, starting something up, just what I do in my own tiny business, which is just me, is I make sure that I pay people on time, (laughs) before, um, it's due, because I'm like, as if I grew and I grew into an agency and, but I'd not paid someone on time or, and I'd maybe treated them a little bit, you know, not, not quite right those things can really come back to haunt you in the future, can't they? And I always say, that's not the only reason I do it. I'm, I do it because I'm self-employed and when people pay me on time, I'm always delighted. So I want to, you know, give that back to other people. But I just think like even small things, like how you look after your suppliers and stuff, um, when, you know, paying them on time and stuff is such a big part of it, isn't it? Absolutely. I truly believe that every touch with your business and your brand should reinforce your values. So and it's in every tiny way, like you say, paying people on time, the way you talk to people, the way you listen to people. Um, You know, I work with one company that had the word care in their strap line for their business, but then they were having arguments with team members who'd done overtime, who weren't getting paid overtime. And I was like, Mm where does that so you say you care but you 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 kind of don't if there's been a mismatch if you if you're an established company and there's maybe a bit of a mismatch between your your company culture um and and the brand how can they begin aligning that is it hire somebody like you in to kind of go through 
do some workshops and things with them and start really looking at how to bring that alignment together definitely I think it's important to always identify your culture as as early as possible Mm. Um, and especially because you know it helps with those branding projects and keeping your brand relevant Um, it definitely is something that in regards to you know sometimes it can happen where maybe you've you've adopted a business or a brand is a bit old now say it's 10 or 20 years old and you know maybe your your values and your mission is really outdated and the direction you're going in now is a bit different um it's really important to re-identify okay what what is important to us as a business you know what do we want to be doing and what's our purpose so realigning it all is really important because then it might even be a case of okay we've got this new mission we now need to rebrand actually because it you know our our current brand and current you know values don't fit into the marketplace at the moment it's too outdated yeah yeah that's that's a really good point um I've found a bit of resistance amongst stakeholders at time when at times when I've kind of encouraged them to address sort of company culture issues um maybe what they're saying doesn't align with the you know employees who are kind of on on the ground so to speak um and they'll kind of be very happy to look at market perception and challenges around that but quite resistant to looking within have you come across that kind of resistance and kind of why why do you think that is oh yes absolutely (laughs) I think I I, look I think with my business I have to kind of preach to the converted (laughs) because they already have to be aware of um their internal problems before they even get in touch with me um because I've been to some very awkward meetings where um you know a HR manager's got me in and I've sat opposite a founder and he clearly doesn't want me (laughs) and he clearly doesn't think there's a problem I think the HR manager's gone oh we've got problems how do I try and you know make him realize um it is really difficult because in a lot of companies it starts out with a them and us culture Mm. the team are treated differently to the senior leaders and straight away unfairness is rife so there's no trust there's no trust between the leaders and the team which then makes everybody a bit you know um on edge so everybody's then resistant to everything that gets suggested just because it's a bit of one-upmanship in regards to oh well who can be the most stubborn or who can be most resistant and it's so difficult and and they're the organizations that they need to know they already have a problem before they can get help it's kind of one of those things a bit like life really (laughs) you need to know you've got a problem before you can help yourself (laughs) yeah and also like it's so hard to turn that kind of um environment around once it's it's started isn't it because you need give on both sides then and people tend to not want to maybe you know have that conversation I think it's so much better to sort it out before it ever gets to that stage than oh try and sort it out afterwards I mean I've definitely worked in environments like that where it's almost like you're not talking to the senior management team you know and they just kind of maybe talk to you through lower lower levels of management and stuff oh just horrible horrible place to work 
definitely there's so many of them that still exist unfortunately and it's really mm-hmm. difficult because a lot of them a lot of um organizations are not are not kind of future focused or, or thinking about the evolution of the workplace and mm-hmm. they're so resistant to even a bit of change you know even flexible working or you know that seems like a radical idea um and it's just like oh it's difficult because their concept of what a manager is is a control and command environment so if they've got that mindset of they don't trust people they're going to micromanage and they believe that what they say goes it's just never going to work um there's a is is there a place for transparency um if if your your market if you're um sort of an old more established company say and you may have had a little bit of a mismatch with your culture and your your kind of brand values and you're addressing that um you know bringing someone like you on board maybe getting a a rebrand and looking at the whole thing and starting from scratch again is there a place for transparency within your customers about like saying look we've made this mistake in the past um um, but we're addressing it and we want to move forward do you think that's a good thing to do um or can it lead to sort of problems that's a very good question actually because yeah the the case of transparency is a difficult one but I always Mm. think honesty is the best policy um especially if you want to start out um, you know, with a with a this rejuvenated approach, I think it has to start from a place of authenticity, because as well, there's also a human element to that. If you want to really relate to people, we all make mistakes, we all fail, none of us are perfect, and actually, sometimes holding your hands up and saying you've got it wrong, and um, can actually help. Um, help people understand more about your business and more about the direction you're going in Uh, in fact I'll give you a brilliant example most recently last year and I'm sure you probably know this about this as well is about Monzo getting some really negative press coverage because of people losing their bank accounts um, which they did because of a perfectly um, normal regulation process that they have to take as a bank um, and they were really open and honest about the, you know, they had their um, founders and their CEOs talking about it, why it happened. You know, they were answering a lot of questions on social media and um, very, um, you know, uh, sort of, you know, giving lots of people knowledge and, you know, telling people how it was. They weren't backing down from it like a lot of the high street banks do or hiding from it. Yeah, they were actually yeah oh that doesn't exist oh we don't do things like that now I'm sorry but I personally I would rather they do that and protect protect you know that's that's what they're essentially there for to protect you um rather than you know um hiding away from it and as well I kind of think the reason they got so much negative press is because they're challenging the high street banks and I think a little bit is of like oh let's give these new guys a bit of a roughing up because they're doing really well I'm sorry but if we literally focused on the high street banks who are doing often doing awful things Mm -hmm. and you know I mean I don't want to talk about the pay gap between (laughs) their you know let's start with that um but you know it really does highlight a lot actually when you when you open your your arm you put your arms up and say this is what's going on guys and this is why it's happening yeah I think you're right I think the 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 kind of controversy around that was because their transparency and their way of doing things is terrifying the old establishment isn't it um absolutely and the popularity of it as a organization particularly amongst sort of younger people 
is is has just been astonishing and I would imagine it's making a few people quite sweaty at the moment organizations but no I I think that was that's a really good example actually I think that's yeah that's a great example um yeah, I think it just says I'm we're human, we make mistakes. I always think never make an excuse. Like if you're going to apologize, yeah, don't make an excuse. Like just oh, say we did this nothing wrong. Worth an excuse. Yeah, cuz then they're trying to like get out of jail free card. It's like there's no getting out of it. This is what happened. Yeah. It just negates the apology completely, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. No, I always think put your hands up and say sorry. Um so sort of finally you've mentioned Monzo are there other brands that you you really love and you think that you've have got it right culturally that you you choose to use because of um their company culture amongst the other reasons as well yeah absolutely I mean there's quite there's quite a number of of brands that I suppose um I'm really passionate about and and often say to people to to look into and read about um to get a bit of a better understanding um by all means that there's never such thing as a perfect company culture because mm-hmm. I, I always think there's progress to be made somewhere um we always want to you know sort of go oh game over we won we've we've ticked the box completely um but I think there's always progress because it just naturally the world changes and, and we also need to change um but a few brands I definitely recommend people look into is the likes of um Patagonia the clothing brand yeah. they do incredible things for environmental causes they they're huge on trying to you know create a sustainable business which is really inspiring the um, book by their founder let my people go surfing is one of my favorite company culture books um, just because the whole story is fantastic and it's um you know he was such a reluctant businessman and he often says his worst nightmare is coming back um is dying and being brought back to life as the marketing exec for (laughs) (laughs) coca-cola because he says it's something like it's um a product nobody needs and nobody really really it does no benefit um but yeah everyone buys it so it's like isn't it as a you know the world consciousness is (laughs) coca-cola definitely so he's a really great person to to read up about and the brand um and then a few other ones that i often recommend are a bit more unknown um so it's um people like um it sounds really strange but there's this really interesting um uh, company called favi in france they're a brass foundry so they make brass parts for cars um which sounds really random but they have a really interesting um organizational structure and um they provide their team with a lot of empowerment and freedom to be able to just get on with the job um you know to the point where they had to so they supply parts to the likes of huge um car car manufacturers like Audi and um you know Fiat and places like that um and I think one of the really good stories from there was um because they they just told to get on with the job you know work together to meet the deadlines blah 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 and um one of the stories goes that um i think fiat or something had put in an double their order um for monday to to arrive monday morning and this was on a friday and the team were like oh no do we turn it down or do we all work over the weekend to do it and then get a helicopter to fly it there for monday morning because the 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 lorry that has to leave on a friday won't make it to the monday 
with this order so they did so they worked like all weekend to complete this order and then got a helicopter to ship it to fear on monday and when the ceo came in he was like i'm really impressed that you did that (laughs) because you've not only completed the order but you've also showed like secured that relationship with our with our you know customer and they're you know really impressed shows how much they love that company that they want to do that and want to get that order in for them so it must be such a great place to work if they feel like that so it's definitely because I think a lot of the time we look at some of the tech companies that are you know doing all the quirky things but actually there's some really other cool and interesting businesses out there and brands doing um really simple things in their culture that are making a really big impact yeah I think some of the tech industry like businesses are the worst I think they dress it up as yeah being really cool and like a great place to work but actually mm, I think there's some pretty not great cultures going on in some of those places definitely yeah definitely and I'll never ever forget reading actually um Sheryl Sandberg's book Lean In yeah and at the time I thought oh wow she's so inspirational and and I'm sure she is an incredible woman I'd you know I'd love Mm. to meet her but I'll never forget reading her book and um in it it says about how when she became pregnant she realized how ridiculous the parking was Mm. at I think she was at Google at the time and she said I was heavily pregnant I was having to walk really far to get to the office because of how big the parking lot was we didn't have um you know reserved parkings for people that are pregnant she said so that's the first thing I did I made sure that you know whoever you know is expecting they can have reserved parking closer to the office and I thought isn't that a shame that it's had to wait until you got pregnant to make that change yeah as a as a senior management stakeholder or whatever she was yeah really sad that says so much doesn't it it really does and I thought that that says a lot because actually shouldn't shouldn't you be just thinking about the the, your people's needs in general rather than oh because you're I mean yes it's great you're a leader you can you can instigate that change a lot quicker maybe than a, a team member but surely surely team members should be able to make suggestions like that and they be valid and valued yeah absolutely what yeah yeah she definitely would have been the first person to have been expecting <laughs> experience <nothing>. that <laughs> oh gosh no that's that's so true I think I think that's such a good point um and I think like is there room for <laughs> like the good old suggestion box like we used to you know, having having the old days. Um, do you think that kind of thing works? Yes, no, I really agree. Funny enough, I've actually written a blog <laughs> on my website called um, Kill the Suggestion Box. <laughs> um, but it's only because, yeah, traditional suggestion boxes are very much like um, those dark holes yeah. that your idea gets put into and you never hear about it again. Um, instead, I've, I've seen a lot of companies instigate um, suggestion processes that are way good. Um, so they almost have like this, um, I've seen some businesses with like a wall. And what they do is um, you can pitch any suggestions, you can present a suggestion. Um, what they ask you to do is ask three other people who it might impact. Um, so get, you know, at least three people's feedback on it who, um, you know, it doesn't mean you have to involve them, but you just have to ask at least three people within the organization what they think of your idea. Then you have to present it. And then, you know, because a lot of the time you suggest something, but there's no like, why, why do you think that's good? Or, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so they kind of ask you to present a really good proposal of why that's a good idea and all this kind of thing. And then it either goes to like a yes, let's start implementing that. And a lot of the time as well, which is really good, a lot of organisations, if um, they have the opportunity, get that individual involved in making that change so that they feel like they're actually actioning it themselves. So the idea they came up with, they get to own an action themselves, which is great. Um, and if it feels such a part of exactly well. like you're building part of it you're you're making this a better place for everybody else and then the um and then if it's a no and um, the company give reasons as to why it's a no or why it might not work this time but how about you come to us when you've thought about this so rather than it just kind of going hidden and then you know I don't know you HR pick it up and they're like oh no that can't happen and you never get any feedback about it um or you know you your idea gets implemented and everyone's like oh who's idea was this and you never get you know the reward of even helping go I did that you know even that little bit of um you know oomph so it's really good to have feedback processes absolutely I love that collaborative like um getting three other people involved as well because I think that's that's such a great idea to kind of get that feedback um and and to see you know who's on board because we all have such different tastes and ideas and things that we're comfortable with so I love that kind of collaboration definitely it it really does work and it helps as well because we might think something's an amazing idea we always do when we come up with our own ideas but it's not until we've seen it from maybe different angles that we can also then create a better proposal because you go oh actually yeah I hadn't thought about that um or I hadn't thought about that you know someone saying oh I know let's suggest that we all get free cinema tickets um as a company benefit and then someone goes well I wouldn't be able to use it because I have children and that would cost me 40 pounds for a babysitter so it actually I'd never use that benefit (laughs) so you know you've got to try and get a bit of diverse opinion to really make it work oh it's been absolutely fantastic to chat to you chat with you about this it's it's so interesting and it's something that everybody should be thinking about as as you say like whatever size company it should be part of your um you know every day I guess kind of making sure that you've you're getting things right and looking after people and definitely I always feel it should be part of brand um values right at the beginning and you know get get um it all right from the word go so um thank you so much for coming on and talking about it oh thank you so much for having me liz i've loved every minute of it thanks so much to lizzie for being a guest on today's show it was so interesting to chat with her and i really hope you found it interesting as well there'll be show notes and links to everything we discussed on the episode page of the website theelasticbrand.com and you can also find us on twitter at Elastic Brand Pod. Bye.